All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We are so glad you joined us this morning. Uh, the usual suspects around the table. Why are you giving me a, a dirty look already? Well, I was thinking that you keep comparing this to purgatory, but... <laughs> no, it's radio purgatory, where you can burn off an hour of bad listening by listening to 15 minutes of solid gold right here on the Gospel but, for Life. But don't you think it would be like better if we said that in the Gospel for Life, you're getting a taste of heaven. <laughs> it, doesn't that? Well, that's for, the positive way yeah, of saying yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, but we can go positive and okay, negative. Okay, okay. <laughs> so around the table today, Pastor Jonathan Van Hooken from Day Spring Reform Church, then Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reform Church. I'm Josh Bells from the Well Boise. Special guest host today, Pastor Tim Hazelbaker from Middleton First Baptist. So glad you're here today. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, another, Tim and I are playing the straight guys today. The, yeah, you, you, the, <laughs> I don't think you could say the that good anymore. cop, bad cop. No. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely you can say that. <laughs> the norm. You guys are playing the normal, respectable guys, and you guys have to put up with us, right? Is that is that what it is? <laughs> All right. So we've been going through. Um, Paul Tripp's book, Do You Believe? Um, and we are on the Doctrine of Sanctification. If you've missed the last two shows, we would we would highly recommend that you go back. Just go subscribe to The Gospel for Life. Um, if, if you get this Doctrine of Sanctification wrong, you will either be a legalist, a proud, arrogant legalist, or you'll you'll be an antinomian. Um, and, and there's really, I mean... What, you, is, what is an antinomian for our audience? Because maybe a lot of people might not recognize that word. Why don't you tell us? A- antinomian means somebody who uh, either doesn't care at all or very puts a very low esteem on the, the relevance of the law for the life of the Christian. Yep. Is that fair? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would just add that if you get sanctification wrong, your Christian life will be miserable. Yeah. Um, whatever label you put on it, your experience will be miserable um, because either you'll you'll – feel like you have to earn God's favor and love. Um, you will live beneath who you are in Christ Jesus and be frustrated. And um, there's the blessed man is the one who delights in God's law and, and walks in accordance with it. Um, and so outside of a life of sanctification is misery because it goes against um, the nature of how we were created to be like God, to be image bearers, to reflect him. So I think no matter what, if you get this doctrine wrong, it, it leads to bad things. And so we really do want you to be grounded biblically uh, on this doctrine, um, not only simply so that, that you, you get it right, um, but so that you can live it out in a way that brings lo- uh, love and joy and comfort and peace and security to, to each of the moments of your day. Well, one of the most important things is uh, knowing that distinction between what it means to be declared righteous before God, justified, and and this matter of uh, becoming more and more like Christ, which is to be sanctified. To be justified, if you are justified, no one is ever going to be more justified in their life than they are the moment they've believed in, in Christ. Regardless where, of where, where you're at in the where, sanctification where you're process. And, and around the table. Where, you know, we're equally justified. We're not but you equal. are way we, more we, sanctified. We're not equally <laughs> sanctified, which you probably pick up at the very beginning of this when there's references to purgatory and all that other stuff. No, I, I, I jest, but um, the, the point is, is uh, 
sanctification admits to degrees. While there is a positional sanctification with Christ, we are declared righteous in God's sight. We have the righteousness of Christ. There's a positional part of that, you know, before God. He looks upon us as if we've never sinned or been a sinner just like Christ. But uh, there is this process, too, by which he's bringing us into a, a greater likeness uh, toward him. And then these things are worked in and out by the Holy Spirit that, in our life. That language of position and condition, like uh, if I, uh, a couple years back, my son Josiah was really sick in the hospital. You came and visited mm-hmm. him, Jonathan. Uh, Ten days in the hospital. Positionally, he's my son, and that would never change even if he if he had died. Uh, but conditionally, uh, he was really sick. He he, and so one one minute he was really sick, and then of course he got better and got out of the hospital. But those two those two imagery that's like justification and sanctification. Positionally, he's my son. He's he's he, he his status can't change. Mm-hmm. Conditionally, he has different degrees of health, mm-hmm. and that's how it is in in the spiritual life as well. You can probably tell if you have a misconception of sanctification justification if. After you sin, you think that that God loves you less. Yeah, that my sanctification does not affect God's favor towards me. It does not affect His love and affection towards me. His steadfast love is on His people forever, unmovable, unchangeable. However, my my degree of walking in obedience to the commandments of God can destroy disrupt the relationship as far as my communion with God, but it cannot change my status before God and my union with Christ. Well, and, and, and Scripture does tell us that those that the Lord loves, He disciplines. So if you do feel the chastening hand of God because of that sin, um, as go, to your point, uh, it's because He loves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's ask this next question and maybe turn to Romans 6 to kind of flesh it out, what does it mean that sanctification is a life and death process? I think he actually wrote it as death and life. Death uh, and because, life. Because, uh, you Thank know, you. That, ma- that order matters. Th- it does matter. Yep. So what does it mean that sanctification is a death and life process? Real quick, before we uh, jump into Romans 6, um, I had one of your, actually, one of your parishioners at one point um, Jonathan, um, talk to me about this, and I thought it was a profound sentence that uh, our flesh is never sanctified. So our um, our new creation status, uh, um, the fact that we're children of God, our spirits are sanctified, but our sinful nature is never sanctified. It, it, our sinful nature never gets better. Our sinful nature always hates God. Our well, it's not nature, totally eradicated. Right. It does. It there. There is a sense in which it does get better. So it because becomes less a, and less. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah, um, the, but that but that nature doesn't. Um, that nature itself. Um, the, the the evil principle that still dwells within us. That evil principle doesn't get right. better. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. The, right. I, I desire to do good, but I do the thing that I don't want to do. Right. All right, so Romans 6. Take it away, Pastor Russ. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Can we stop right there for a second? So before you get into some some more imperatives, verse 11, that verse that says, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's the first command in the entire book of Romans. Like you have chapter one, two, three, four, five, and then halfway through verse six, Paul is unpacking theology, the reality of sin, the reality of Christ, and now the reality of the the believer's union with Christ. And this is the first command. And the first command is not do something with, with your hands, it's think something, mm-hmm. consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? So all of this deals with our union with Christ, that what is true of Christ is also true for those that are in Christ. And what this passage is saying is that when Jesus Christ was crucified on Calvary's cross, we, our sinful part of us, died with him, that we were crucified with him, that sin, um, our sin nature died, at least in in a certain respect, and was buried with him. And that as he came to new life in Christ, we also have come to new life. That, and, and as Josh was saying is, we need to consider that reality, that we died, our sin died with Christ. And we because everything, everything springs from that. That's right. If we don't consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God, then it, okay, we can have cognitive dissonance. I'm not saying that we, we don't often live in two inconsistent worlds, but what will happen is is our doctrine of, of sanctification, at least boots on the ground, will will be distorted be, because we'll, we'll smuggle back in, oh, the way that God is pleased with me is if I, if I work off this sin by my own good works. And I think the, the important part to walk away with from this passage is before we came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we were in bondage to sin. Sin was our master. It always controlled us. We never controlled it. After we came to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, death, our sin, no longer is our master. We're no longer in bondage to it. There is no point in the Christian life where we, we, we can say that we had to sin. We, we really have died to it. Mm-hmm. Sin is not our master. And so this is what where Jerry Bridges is absolutely beautiful, that we need to speak the gospel to ourselves every day. We need to, to, to each, each day of our lives, um, rise up and say, in Jesus Christ, sin is no longer my master. I've been set free from sin, and I'm alive in Christ Jesus, and the power of his resurrection flows in and through me, and I can walk in newness of life because I am united to Christ, and I have new life in him, and that is a truth, that's a reality that is sure and unchangeable because the work of Christ is sure and unchangeable, and I am in him. Mm-hmm. And and Jerry Bridges is, is just beautiful in 
helping the, the, the child of God speak gospel truth to themselves and then it help to try to help them live gospel truth, as Josh said, with boots on the ground. And, and to me, I need to have this conversation with myself every day. Yeah. Well, I think this is Amen. why, didn't you write this uh, question? He's preaching. Uh, sanctification is a death and life process. So the, the idea is um, we need to mortify or kill sin in our life um, in order to live uh, and become progressively sanctified um, more and more like Christ. So be killing sin or it'll be killing you. Yeah. So the John John Owen quote, and I think that's so important to note that it's not a once off. Mm-hmm. You didn't just kill sin once and then it mm-hmm. stayed dead. I wish it it was. It's like it's like those those horror movies where the you think somebody's dead, but then they come back to life. <laughs> I'm way more holy to watch horror movies. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. What are yeah. those? What are you talking about? <laughs> it, it's like. Let me give an example. I was scared once in my, in my childhood, so that's what keeps coming back. Yeah, it was pre-conversion. I tried to get rid of some ground cover that the previous owner of my house had planted in the backyard, and I thought I had completely eradicated this. I thought I had dug it up. I thought it was all the way gone. Um, I did that over five years ago, and I can. I, and every year I, I dig up more of it and think that I've got it all, and mm-hmm. then I'm still digging up this crazy um, ground cover that was planted who knows how long ago. And, and to me, that's just kind of like sin in my in my heart and life, that I keep thinking I've eradicated it, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I go for a drive, and then I realize, oh, I haven't. Yeah. So. Yeah, the weeds in my yard every year remind me I have to keep on pulling these out, and never the process never ends. And that's what the gospel is for. Uh, This has been the gospel for life. Uh, We hope to see you next time.